Can I tell you that God is good? Huh? Happy anniversary, Restoration Church. Thank you, Jesus. That's all I got. Okay? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Listen, open your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 16. Okay, I want to say this, guys, because I'm about 15 minutes over schedule right now. I'm about 15 minutes past due. I'm running by, so I'm going to need you guys to say amen right away. I'm going to need y'all to get, yes, that, thank you. I'm going to need y'all not to wait till I'm halfway through. Say amen, because I'm going to abbreviate this message. <laughs> I'm going to abbreviate this. I need y'all to start saying amen right away. Okay, I'm already too far behind for y'all to do that stuff. Matthew 16, listen. There's this discussion where Jesus asked his disciples, and I, wanna, I want us to read this together. Is, is Jesus, is, uh, Jesus is asking his disciples this question, okay? Sorry, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. Matthew 16. Everybody say amen when you get there. Amen. Amen. Okay. So Matthew, uh, 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 yeah. Jesus is having a, a discussion with his disciples, Okay. And he is talking with them and starting in verse 13. And I want to read this to you because it's very important. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say you're John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, now this is very important. See, he said to them, but... Who do you say I am? Amen? He said, but who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered him and said this, you are the Christ. That's very important. He said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. We'll get in. Listen, and Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. Listen to me, very important. And I also say to you, Okay, I'm the Christ. You said I'm the Christ. I'm the son of the living God. Why well, I say to you that you're Peter. You're not Simon Barjona no more. I say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell, the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And I want to talk to you this morning about this story for a few minutes on our anniversary Sunday. Amen? Amen. Happy anniversary. <laughs> Can I tell you, I want to talk to you about it because there's power in the church that Jesus Christ is building. Amen? Amen? There is power in the church that Jesus is building. Tell your neighbor there's power in the church that Jesus builds. That was ridiculous. Now turn and tell them on the other side. There's power in the church that Jesus builds. Tell them about it. Come on. This is a very, very familiar passage of Scripture right here, guys. It is often quoted. It is often talked about. It is often preached about. It is a very famous passage of Scripture. Jesus has entered into the region of Caesarea Philippi, okay? And he's talking with his disciples, and he asks them this question. Who do people say I am? What are they saying about me in the community? What's my reputation is basically what he was asking. Right? Your reputation is what people think of you, your character, who's who you really are. Come on, somebody. What's my reputation? What are they saying about me? 
What's my reputation? And they respond, and they say this. Some say that you are, you know, John the Baptist reincarnated. Some say that you're Elijah. Some say you're Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And then Jesus asks them this question. This all-important question. But who do you? I, I get it, yeah, they really care what other people think about me. Who do you say I am? And I want to pause right there for a minute. And I want to highlight that question. Because that is the all-important question that everybody here has to answer. You missed it. That is the all-important question that everyone in this room has to answer. Who do you say Jesus is? Who do you say Jesus is? Come on, y'all. Who do you believe he is? What do you say about him? What are your beliefs about who Jesus is to you? Who do you believe he is? Do you embrace that he is God wrapped up in human form? Do you believe that he died on the cross, went to the grave, rose on the third day, and came back again to forgive you of your sins? Who do you say that Jesus is in your life? And that is a major question, guys, because everybody does not interpret who Jesus is is the same that's an all-important question the Muslims say he's just a good prophet who is Jesus to you the Muslims say he's just a good prophet the Jehovah's Witness God they, they say that he they said one thing about him that he is a son of God the Mormons believe he's a son of God some Jews just think he's he, he was just a prophet so who do you say he is and can I tell you anybody who wants a relationship with Jesus Christ and for him to come in and change your life, you have to embrace that Jesus is God in the flesh. You have to know that he came and died on the cross for your sins. He was buried and he rose again. That's the key thing, friends. That's the key thing. Is that you got to believe that he died on the cross for your sins and he rose again. And in fact, and in fact, listen to me, here's how Peter answers. When Jesus asked him that question, he says, who do you say I am? You being plural, he's talking to all of them. And Peter said this, you are the Christ. Now that's a very important thing right there. That is a very important statement for Peter to say to him because he says, you are the Christ. Now that's so important because this means that that term right there, the name that when he said, you are the Christ, it means that you are the anointed one. It means that you are the Messiah, that you are here and you have come to take away the sins of the world and give us a relationship with Jesus. You are the one who has come and bridged the gap between us and the Father. You're a way maker. You're a burden bearer. You forgive us of our sins. Listen, you deliver us from our issues. You deliver us from our problems. He is saying that you are the Christ and that's what Peter says. You you are the Christ. You are the Messiah. You got to catch that. It's important. You're the son of the living God. And that's the question I want to ask you all. Who is Jesus to you? Is he the Christ? Thank you. One person. I'll see you in heaven. The rest of y'all, I'm going to get y'all to heaven when this service is over. I'm just kidding. I'm only kidding. Now listen, who is he to you? Do you say that he is the Christ? Is that who he is to you? Is he the Messiah in your life? Or is he just, I'm going to hang out with him an hour on Sunday? Right? Who is he to you? As a matter of fact, Jesus said this to Peter. Listen, verse 17, he said, flesh and blood 
has not revealed this to you. This is very important. He said, but my father who is in heaven. And then Jesus says this in verse 18. Look, he says, and I also say to you that you are Peter. Understand on this rock, I will build my church in the gates of hell. The gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Now, that verse right there has been debated for hundreds and hundreds of years on what it means, on what it's, that, I'm, I'm serious. That verse has been debated for, for hundreds of years. What it means, what does it say, what are they talking about? Now, now, here's the thing. If you talk to the Catholics, they believe that when Jesus said that you are Peter and on this rock I will be on it, that the church was built on Peter. That Peter was the first pope, and then the next person to the secession, to the next person to the secession, to the next person was just the passing down of, of, of the popes. That's what the Catholics believe. We, right? Am I telling the truth that they, they say that the, the church was built on the rock of Peter, right? And then the, the pope that he has authority to, you know, add and take and make laws and scriptures and do all this stuff. And, and, and then listen, but I don't believe that's what Jesus was talking about. I don't believe that's what Jesus was talking about. When he said, you are Peter and on this rock, I don't believe that when he said, on this rock, he was talking about Peter. I don't believe that. When he said, on this rock, he was referring to the statement that Peter made that Jesus is the Christ. He was referring to the statement that Jesus made. Listen, I want to tell you, Jesus changed Peter's name from Simon Barjona. He changed his name to Petrus, which is Peter. It means Petrus. It means rock. Okay? But listen, I want you to understand this. Jesus used the word rock, which means Petra, not Petros. Okay? For the word rock on which he would build his church. Petra means a mass of rock. Okay? The word that Jesus said, that word means a mass of rock, okay? Different from Petros, which is Peter, which means a, a, a detached stone or a boulder. That's what that means. Peter means a detached stone. Y'all look at it, that boulder, rock, whatever. And you got to understand this. I want you to understand this. Jesus was getting ready and he was talking about he was going to be crucified. He was talking about he was going to die. And Peter looked at him and rebuked him. And what did Jesus say? He said, get behind me, Satan, right? The apostle Paul got up in Peter's grill in front of the Galatian church because Peter was comp uh, compromising the truth of the gospel. Read it in Galatians. The apostle Paul got up in his face because he's compromising the truth of the gospel. And you got to understand this. If Peter is the rock on which the church is built, then the church rests on an earthquake fault line. Amen. Amen. And I'm here to tell you, I love you, Peter. I love you to death. Me and Peter are like, we, I love you. But restoration is built on the rock of Jesus Christ. Amen. This church is not built on any one person. This church ain't built on my back. It ain't built on his back. It ain't built on Peter's back. This church is built on the back of Jesus Christ and what he did for us. Amen. It is built on the rock of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus said this. He said, upon this rock, I will build my church. He asked them, he asked them who they thought he was. Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And it's on that statement, not on Peter. It's on that statement, not on Peter. But the statement of what Peter said, that the Holy Spirit had revealed to him at that time, 
at that exact time that Jesus is the Christ. He is the son of the living God. And it is on that statement that Jesus said, I will build my church. Are y'all following me? I thought this was fitting on, you know why? In other words, listen. Pull up verse 18 for me real quick. Jesus is saying this, verse 18, look at this. And also I say that you are Peter, you're a piece of the rock. And on this rock, the fact that I am the Messiah and the son of the living God, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And that's what it says. Amen? He says, because of who you are, Peter, and what he says, and the gates of hell. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. Because God is in the process of building a powerful church. Amen. God is in the process of building a powerful church. And when it's all said and done, the church is the institution that God uses to change the community and change a culture. Amen. God is in the process of building a powerful church, and the church is the institution that changes. Listen, it's the church that changes people. Who am I talking to today? Are y'all Restoration Church or not? It's the church that changes people. Amen. It's the gospel that changes people. It's a relationship with Jesus that changes. It's the church. It's the church. You come into church, your life gets changed. Amen? Anybody ever walked into Restoration Church broken? I've uh, got more broken people than that. Anybody ever walked into Restoration Church broken, downtrodden, you've been beat up, and you got a word from the Lord that will help you get through whatever situation it is you're going through when you walked out of here. You come to the church, and it changes you. It changes you. Anybody here ever got encouraged or lift up, lifted up from a word they got? Anybody ever come in here lost and left found? Uh-huh. Anybody come in here broken and left healed? Come on, can we get a witness for Jesus up in here this morning? Hallelujah. Can we get a witness for Jesus this morning? Yeah, thank you, restoration. One year of restoring lives today. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's the church. It's the church that changes people. Come on, church. Amen. You come to church and your life gets changed. You know what? I celebrate. I'm happy. I'm proud of this church. We got a lot of stuff going on to help change people's lives and make a difference in people's lives. I love the church. I believe in the church. I thank God. That the church is here. I thank God for Restoration Church. Changing people's lives. Listen, what I'm saying, for many of you today, what is going to determine the outcome of your life is your acceptance of who Jesus Christ is to you and you getting plugged into a church. I'm just telling you. That's what, yeah, thank you for that arousing applause, all three of you. I appreciate that. I am telling you right now, for some of you, You're going to come in here and the only thing that is going to change your life is who you believe that Jesus is and getting plugged into a church. Because Jesus said this. Amen. Listen to what he said to Peter in verse 18 right here. He said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. On this rock, the rock of who Jesus is, he said, I will build my church. Listen, Christ is building his church. Christ is building his church. And this, 
I want to tell you this is the very first instance of the word church in the New Testament. We have not we have not made it to Acts chapter 2 yet. We have not been. This is the very first instance of the word church in Bible. And that word church that Jesus is using right there comes from the word ecclesia. Ecclesia. Ecclesia, however you want to say it, but it's ecclesia. It's a Greek word, right? And it means the called out or it means the assembly. That's what he was saying. Listen, guys, in other words, the church that Jesus is referencing as his church is the assembly of people who have been called out of the world by the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what he was saying. The church is not a building. The church is not a high school. He said, the church that I'm going to build and the gates of hell will not prevail against it is a group of people who have been called out of the world by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what I'm looking at right now. A group of people who have been called out of the world by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. That's the church Jesus is talking about. And I tell you, I am so thankful to be a part of a church, to be a part of an assembly with so many great people. Amen. We are the church. The church is not a building. You are the church. This is important. This is important for us. This is important as we move forward. Where are we going to plant our church? This is very important. You are the church. Amen. Come on, somebody. The church ain't a building. Where do we put it? We got to have a building someday. That's an important question. So we obviously see that the high school in Constantine was a great place to start. Amen. The Lord obviously put us here for a reason. Right? So we say this is our hub. The Constantine High School, this is our hub. Amen? What if we go 10 miles around it? Would you come? We go 15 miles, would you come? I don't know. I don't know what God has in store for us as a church. What I do know is that you're the church. That's what I do know. Because without y'all, we don't have one. Amen? Amen. You're the church. Ecclesia, called out, an assembly of people who have been called out of the world by the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that's who you are. The church is in the process of being built, and I'm not talking about a building. I'm not talking about the facade. I'm not talking about the word built right there means repair. Listen, the word built right there means repair. It means to strengthen, and the reason I love the church and we need the church is because a good, healthy church will build your life. A good, healthy church will repair the broken pieces of your life. A good, healthy church will pull you out of the bad parts of your life. A good, healthy church that is being built. Amen. That's why I love this church. Telling you, I'm here to testify and acknowledge I was weak and broken. It was the church. I'm giving God the praise because I want to tell you something. Guess what? Listen, I'm not all I'm going to be. And I don't ever want to stand up here and make you think that I've arrived because I promise you I haven't. I promise you I haven't. But here's what I do want to give God praise for, that I am not nowhere near the jacked up mess I used to be. That's what I want to give God the praise for. Is he ain't done? He ain't done? Listen, I was broke, joke, tore up from the floor up, messed up, but I ain't as bad as I used to be. Amen. He changed me. He washed me. He delivered me. He restored me. He saved me. Amen. Can anybody in here give God a little bit of praise and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that I ain't where I used to be. Give God some praise and tell him 
Thank you, Jesus. You know what? Why don't you high-five your neighbor and say, I'm not as bad as I used to be? <laughs> Come on. You know you're telling the truth. You know you're telling the truth. You ain't as bad as you used to be. High-five your neighbor and say, I'm being built. Do it. You got to do it. It's our anniversary. Listen, I'm being built. I'm being repaired. I'm being restored. I don't think the way I used to think. I don't talk the way I used to talk. I don't hang out with the people I used to hang out with. I don't do the things I used to do. You know why? Because he's building me. Because the church is being built. He's building me. He's repairing me. He's changing me. We don't do the things that we used to do. Amen. He's building you. And can I tell you this? Listen, that's why... It's so important to be in church every week because God is building you. Y'all missed a great place to shout. You missed a great place to shout right there. That's why it's so important to be in church every week because God is building you. And have you ever been on a... <laughs> Happy anniversary, Restoration Church. Listen, have you guys ever been on a construction job and then you don't show up and you get a week behind? Guess what? You're a week behind. God is building you and don't let him get a week behind in the process. Amen? That's why it's important to be in church every week. But then he said this. I'm almost finished. <laughs> I am almost finished. And then we can eat cake. Does that sound good? Does cake sound good, Mr. Roberts? And they're like, cake. Hey, we got chocolate. We got vanilla. And then we got some for you crazy folks. We got chocolate and vanilla mixed together. It's called marble. For all you crazy people. Yeah. Yeah. You really want to live on the edge, eat some marble cake this morning. Hey, listen, I want to tell y'all something. He's building me. That's why it's important to be in church every week. But then he said this. Look at this in verse 18. He said, upon this rock, I will build my church. And then he says this right here, and the gates of hell, that's what the King James says. The new King James says the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I want to tell you, somebody's going to get this right here. Somebody's fixing to shout at this right here because you've got to get a hold of this. This right here is going to change your life. When you read of gates in the scripture, it is always representing and it's a symbol of a place of power. Amen. When you read of gates in the Bible, it is a symbol and it is always talking about a place of power, okay? Cities were surrounded by walls with gates. And in battle, the gates is where they were always attacked because your city is as only as strong as your gate. Amen? Amen? The strength of your city is determined by the power of your gate. So the gates of hell or the gates of Hades means all the power of hell. All the powers of hell. Gates represent power because it's at the gates where the stockbrokers hang out. It's at the gates where the power brokers hang out and the senators hang out and the city council hangs out and the gifted people and the smart people. So when you read of gates, listen guys, it represents a place of power. And here's what Jesus said. From the gates of hell, you got to get this, hell can send their best. Amen. Hell can send their best, their strongest. They can send their smartest. Hell can send all they want, but the gates of hell will not prevail against his church. They can send the best they got, everything they got. Bring it on. Bring it on. Bring it on. The gates of hell will not prevail against his church. The weapons can form all they want, but they will not prosper. Amen. Somebody got to get excited. 
that no matter what the devil sends in your life, he will not be able to prevail. Hell can't prevail. Demons won't prevail. They won't win. We're the winners. We're the church. We're the winners. We're the church. And the gates of hell will not prevail. Hallelujah. Do you know if you could just get a hold of that right there? That every time the devil tries to threaten you, every time the devil tries to make you feel afraid, every time the devil tries to make you think you're going to lose, that your marriage is going to be destroyed, that your life is over, that you're going to die of some kind of sickness, every time the enemy whispers something in your mind, whoo, when you are part of the church, you got to understand this, that God is building his church and when you are part of the church, the gates of hell will not prevail. Hell can send his best. You know what? Hell, don't we? You tell the devil. I'm part of Restoration Church over there, you know. What you doing? I'm part of that church over there. You know the one Jesus is building? Huh? You know that church? I'm part of that one. You don't win. I win. I'm the church. We're winners. You can't win, devil. The devil don't win. Who am I preaching to this morning? I want to ask you that. Who am I preaching to on this anniversary Sunday? Because listen, who receives this word? Who receives this? Because you are the church. You've got to understand this. Who believe the gates of hell and everything that the devil aims at you, it will not prosper. It cannot win. Everything the devil says to you, he can't win. We're the winners. We are Restoration Church. Amen. I love it. We're the church. And the gates of hell cannot prevail against us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is the rock that this church is built on. And we counsel out every scheme. We cancel out every plot of the enemy that comes against us as a church. Can I tell you that this is your church? You're the church. Hell loses. We win. Hell loses. We win. We win because of the Christ. Do y'all understand that? Because of the Christ. Who do you say I am? You are the Christ. That's why we win. Because God in the human form showed us where our power lies. Amen? God in human form showed us where our power lies because on a hill called Calvary, y'all, come on somebody, Jesus was hanging on the cross and the devil said, we got him now. We got him now. And while he hung on that cross and died, the devil said, mm, we won. Amen. I see you, baby. I'm coming. I'm almost done. Hang on. The devil said, we got him now. And they went down to hell. Oh, and they started partying. They're getting it in the uh. And I go, yeah, we got him. They're down here partying. They're having a good old time. Come on. They pulled his body off of the cross. They lay his body in the tomb. And the devil, boy, they just down there getting it, hanging out. Oh, yeah, they're having a great time, having a good time. And it was a party. It lasted about three days. You ain't getting it. It was a party. Lasted about three days. Come on, y'all. And, oh, and at the height of the party, at the height of the party, early one Sunday morning, come on, somebody. There's a knock on the door. 
There's a knock on the door, y'all. Who is that? Who is that? Everybody's here. Pride is here. All the demons are here. Pride's here. Jealousy's here. Curiosity's here. Hey, curiosity, go answer that door. See who that is. Huh? Who is it? I am. The resurrection and the life. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the light of the world. Hey, come on, somebody. He said, I'm coming in to snatch the keys away from you. And that's what he did. He walked in. He took the keys. And then he came out in Revelation 1.18. Look at it. And he said, I am he. Here it is, who lives and was dead, and I'm alive forevermore, and I got the keys to Hades and death. Listen, the gates of hell will not prevail because he's got the keys. He's got the keys. He's got the keys. Amen. He's got the keys. The devil will not destroy this church. The devil will not destroy your marriage. The devil will not destroy your family. The devil will not come at you or defeat your children or destroy your future. Amen. The gates of hell cannot prevail against you, the church. Let's give Jesus a shout of praise in here. Come on. (laughs) Hallelujah. Happy anniversary. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 